I'm always getting asked, what should I do with my engagement ring? Well, I finally have the answer. Sell it with Worthy. I'm partnering with Worthy so you can turn your wedding jewelry into cash, fast and risk-free. Worthy is great because their competitive auctions ensure you get the best deal possible. Over 45,000 people have already moved on by selling with Worthy. If you're ready to move on from your ring, visit worthy.com moms to get an extra $100 when your jewelry sells for over $1,500. That's worthy.com moms when you're ready to move on. This week on Moms Moving On. We're now divorced, right? It's your romantic relationship with this person. It just wasn't meant to be, right? That relationship's dead. You both sucked at that. You failed. Let it go, right? Not meant to be. But you made a decision together to have this parental relationship that can be so satisfying and rewarding to both of you if you can be successful at that relationship. Life moves on, so why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Welcome back, everybody, to another Moms Moving On. It's a great day here in Moms Moving On world. We're a little bit fangirling. Okay, a lot fangirling. We have Gina Kirschenheider on with us from Real Housewives of Orange County, but more importantly, originally from Long Island. And we have a lot to unpack today. Gina, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, I'm super. I'm actually super happy to be here. So thank you for having me. I only like had to hunt you down and stalk you. So this feels real good. Um, (laughs) No, but for real, for any divorced woman or woman who is trying to leave an unhealthy marriage, we look at Gina and we're like, damn, like she did it. Like she left. Not only did she leave, she went through something that a lot of women, unfortunately, have to suffer through privately. She went through it publicly. And now she's totally on the other side and like badassing it. So I don't even know where to start. But first- yeah. I will start by saying that your authenticity is why people love you. Thank you. You know what? They, from the beginning, this whole thing kind of happened to me by accident. I always say that. And they, they, they always just asked me to be nothing but myself. And I was like, well, good. Cause that's really all I know how to be. So I do really appreciate that people can see the fact that I'm just being myself, um, whether it's good, bad, ugly, or in between, that's like, that really does mean a lot to me. So I'm glad that that translates through. For having experienced what you experienced in the public eye, and I'll, I'll just put it out there. There was an incident of domestic violence mm-hmm. and your ex-husband was arrested. Yes. He was arrested. And charged, yeah. And convicted. Charged, convicted, and this all happened publicly. Mm-hmm. Was there, was this something you were dealing with for a long time that viewers didn't know about? No. So I like to be clear about that because I do think every situation is different. When I look back on our marriage and our relationship, there was infidelity in our relationship. And after that infidelity, I would say that there was no part of our relationship that was healthy. There was definitely certainly things that were going on that, you know, hindsight shouldn't be tolerated or dealt with in any relationship, but nothing 
nothing, nothing even came close to like what actually happened that one night. And so it's not like, you know, I mean, certainly maybe there was some mental abuse factors and, but really it was just, it was a suffering, unhealthy, dying relationship. A toxic relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of women fear that if they're going to leave this bad relationship, is it going to get worse after you separate? And statistically, incidents of domestic violence are known to increase um, or at least attempts after a separation. And that's really scary for a lot of women. Did you like in any way, shape or form think this was going to happen to you? Um. You know, it's such a hard thing because first of all, nobody goes into marriage in general thinking, I never thought I was going to be divorced. I never thought I was going to be dealing with any of this. So I was never thought I was going to be that girl, which nobody does, you know, but then it's like, I really think it's important to recognize and realize, you know what, you may not want to be that girl, but if you are that girl, you have to leave regardless. And yes, it is. It's terrifying and scary. I was so scared of everything like to have to do with this situation. And even when it came to, you know, deciding to keep pressing charges, to keep your foot on that pedal and not just, you know, when it seems like now all of a sudden he was being so nice and looking for help from me. It just, I I kept it in the back of my head that, you know what, I do want to help you. And I want to also help myself and my children and that doing the right thing for yourself is going to help everybody. That's you know? the truth. And if it doesn't, like, I feel so thankful and in no way am I saying like, you should co-parent happily with a man or a woman because you could be either, you know, a parent who is abusive or violent or aggressive or, you know, mentally or verbally abusive, none of that. Then you parallel parent. But if you have somebody who wants to take responsibility and wants to actively change, I got very lucky that Matt did and took it seriously and took responsibility and then changed. And so now we can have that healthy relationship, but even if that person's not, it's, you still need to do the right thing for yourself. You know, your, your kids need at least one good parent in that scenario. And the good parent is the one who's going to protect themselves, advocate for themselves and show their children by example, that's not okay. That will not be tolerated and that will not be happening anymore. And you did that. And I think when we, as scary as it is to like stand up to an aggressor or an abuser or piss them off by maybe calling the cops, you are showing everybody around you that like, no way, not me. And it is the best lesson for your kids. So Mm -hmm. I hate that you had to go through that, but I love how you handled it. How do you co-parent past this? Tell me like, what was the shift that made you guys, you know, finally realize the kids are most important. We have to put our crap to the side. So Matt and I actually, we were always sort of good about not involving the children. But the thing that really changed, honestly, was when I, when I was fully committed and I didn't back off of that victim impact statement and giving that for myself. And I remember prior to doing that, because Matt would call me, you know, because he was looking for my help at that point and everything was calm. And we were already like, we were co-parenting in a way where, you know, it was all about the kids and we were making switches, but we weren't like overly friendly, nothing Mm -hmm. like that. Like, you know, and so it was okay, but he wanted help. And I finally just had like this breakdown and I was like, I can't help you. Like I need to help myself. Like I'm no longer the person 
who is it, who you should look to for help. You have exhausted that privilege. It's no longer there. And now the only way I can help you is to help myself, you know, and we had it out and I, and I communicated to him, you know, how much this hurt me and how complicated this was. And I was angry that I was put in this position in the first place because it broke my heart that I don't want to, I didn't want to be the one to hold him accountable. I didn't want to be a person who is going to be responsible for somebody getting in trouble or, you know, having consequences. I didn't want that job, but I had to realize for myself, whether I want it or not, I've been tasked with it yes. and it's important and I have to carry this through. And it was so terrifying and like scary. And I thought risky and, I just, you have to just tunnel through it and you have to just grind it out. And, and, you know, hopefully the outcome will be good. In my case, it was more than good. You know, it's great and it's healthy and wonderful. So it's kind of like, I guess you have to weigh the options, right? And you have to say to yourself, okay, if I do this, it could potentially get worse and make things scary and maybe not great. But if you don't do it, nothing will change. Nothing will change. Yeah. You will stay stuck in the shit, excuse my language, but that you're stuck in and it will stay stagnant and you will stay stuck there indefinitely. Well, here's what sucks, Gina, is like society and like social media is like, co-parenting and look at us taking a holiday picture together. And like, you're not a good co-parent unless you're really co-parenting. And I think that's so unfair because even if you're not coming out of an abusive situation, nobody's really like amicably co-parenting the first year or two. We're parallel parenting at best. We're still trying to figure out like what to do with our pain and our hate and our resentment, whatever. And so now we're like, you know, a lot of women I'll start working with them and they'll be like, I just have to tell you right now, like, there's no way we're ever going to be like going to family functions together. I'm like, I'm certainly not asking you to. Did you feel Mm -hmm. that pressure, especially like after the incident and with, you know, being on TV, was there more of this pressure to like smooth things over and, and put on a happy face? Um, I think that maybe it's heightened because you are actually, you know what I'll say? It kind of makes you more accountable (laughs) TV, right? Probably, yeah. You, you, you're on the spotlight. And for me, I don't, I didn't want to be, you know, making bad decisions that a lot of parents can get away with, you know, taking the shots and the digs and not making it better because they're pissed or they're angry or whatever, dealing with a lot of resentment, like you said. But I just felt like, you know what, I do have the spotlight on me and I would, I want people to see the best decisions, the best version of myself. And I want people to see the person that I know I can be inside. But that's not to say that during that first year, it wasn't, or, you know, few years, it was tough. And yeah, yeah, you want to like all the time and you're like, there's subtle shots that each other's taking. And it, I mean, I don't know the answer for that. I don't know, except get through it, you know, but I always had in my head, "Mm, don't take the shot back, you know, just be the person, just eat, eat it. You know, I'll take it all. I'll take it all. You have to eat a shit sandwich really for a long time time. Yes. And will it to be the way you want it to be. And that's what I was doing. And at first I was willing it to be the way I wanted it to be, but it wasn't. But then eventually things got better, 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 better. I do. I do give a lot of credit to Travis and Britt 
Matt's girlfriend uh-huh. for being good, solid. Oh, Matt has a girlfriend. Girl, that's a game changer. Yes. He has to be accountable on both levels now. Yes. 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 She's going to she keep him has in check. Kids from a previous marriage too, and she comes from a, a divorced parents as well. So her, she really, she was very important for her to co-parent amicably. Also, so like that was very helpful for our family, and I think for me, it was about like letting them know that um, you know I have their back. Like we're a unit. Like that's how. Okay, so I think like it's very confusing for women, and I try to say like this. I source it out like this for myself. It's like, okay, we're now divorced, right? It's your romantic relationship with this person. It just wasn't meant to be, right? That relationship's dead. You both sucked at that. Mm -hmm. You failed. Let it go, right? Not meant to be. But you made a decision together to have this parental relationship that can be so satisfying and rewarding to both of you if you can be successful at that relationship, you know? And to me, that meant, you know what? We weren't meant to be romantically, but we're really good parents together. Let's be partners. Let's start a new relationship. And that's what we did. And I look at it like, okay, now that's still one of the most important relationships in my life. And then anybody else, a Travis, a Brit that comes into that relationship, they're part of that relationship. Absolutely. You're all on the same team. It is such, this is such an emotionally evolved and refreshing way to look at it because it's really what it comes down to, but it takes people a long time to be able to step out of the other mindset of like, you know, screw Brit and, and you know, I hate my ex and, it's, it really is the best thing for right. the kids. So I, speak- I love that girl. I will, I have that girl's back no matter what, because you know what? She is my kid's bonus mom. Whether you like it or, or anybody likes it or not, whoever that woman is, she is responsible for raising your children 50% of the time or whatever the percentage of the time is. And you can either embrace that person and be a part of it and get to be one big unit or you can fight it, but you're just really fighting yourself at that point and you're taking away from your kids. And that was the thing that I, I will never take something from my kids. I will never take from my kids that, which to my detriment sometimes, cause like at the beginning it was like, nope, your dad's a hero. Your dad's a hero. Yeah, and like, that's where I misstepped sometimes because you know what? He wasn't through some of that. Well, and- talk to us about that. How did you, cause that's a big question I get is how do I, you know, I'm I'm a believer in taking the high road and encouraging a relationship with a parent, no matter what your personal issue is with your ex. But people will fire back at me and say, so what do I do? Not tell them that their dad did X, Y, and Z to me. So how did you handle that? You know, I haven't, we have never spoke about that with the kids. And obviously we will have to, they're very young now. So I don't think it's necessary. Um, but I, here's what I think about that, right? That's a tough conversation you're going to have, have to have regardless, but there's two scenarios there. The, well, the kids are going to get older regardless. I'm going to have to talk to them about it regardless, but either the kids get older, mom and dad hate each other. Mom hates dad's new wife. Dad hates this one's new husband and everybody hates each other. And now you got to talk about this horrible situation and let your kids know, or I really said, okay, life, everybody messes up. Everybody makes mistakes. It's about how you handle them. Now my scenario is, look, everybody's one unit. Everybody is 
loves each other. They are surrounded with love. They have more love now because of this bad situation and what was born out of it, what was good. And it's more of a lesson to my children of, look, yeah, look, your mom and dad, they, they didn't have a healthy marriage. Your dad made a really bad decision. And you know Mm -hmm. what your dad did? He took response. Your mom stood up for herself. Your dad took responsibility for what he did. And that is a really important life lesson for kids because it's going, it's going to happen to everybody in some way, shape or form capacity of life, whether it's in a marriage or outside of a marriage, you're going to mess up. And there's probably going to be somebody who's going to have to stand up for themselves and somebody who's going to have to take responsibility. And if you do that, look, we did that. And now we still can be a happy, healthy family. Love that. They're so lucky that you did that. They're calling it the Bible for all divorcing moms. I can't believe it, but that's what they've said about my book, Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self. Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who's been through it and come out on the other side, me. Through inspirational stories, rituals, journal prompts, and my guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mom, shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self, and create the life you truly deserve. It's available in paperback, hardcover, audiobook, and Kindle. So go get my book. I promise you won't regret it. So I, I want to talk about Travis because we all love him too. And like, what a sweetie, sweetheart he is. And there's like five kids between you guys. Six. We're Six. Yeah. Oh my God. So here's a good question that we got. And I know the answer to this is blending a family easier than working it out with an ex. Oh my gosh. I'm a blended family. So I know how hard that can be. So I think I am a little jaded and I don't know if this is a little like karmic luck for me. Our kids are all literally exactly the same age and they just like clicked really quickly. So to be honest, for us, the blending was really normal and happy and healthy and and helpful. Actually, I, I look at it and I'm like, I don't know first of all, if the kids didn't get along, I don't think it would ever work because there's so many of them. It would be constant conflict in the house. Um, And then also like, I don't know, like it's a very different scenario if you're dating a man without children or with one kid who's way older or, Mm -hmm. you know, like those kind of things. And I have friends who have those scenarios and we talk about it, but I can't, can't really relate on that level. For me, I would say if you can find someone who has the same exact set of kids as you it, it's very easy but it's very hard to find a you know a partner no, in general but it totally alone. worked out how it was supposed to I mean that's beautiful yeah and, you- and it's great and actually and so and Matt's girlfriend has two children too who are around similar age too so it really works out like last weekend we had Trav's kids because of a switch and we're always with mine anyway, regardless of who's on the sports fields. And so then after we ended up with the girls and Britt's daughter too for a sleepover and we lived down the road from each other. So it's very like harmonious and the kids are all friends. They all have the same, we're all in the same community, like we're all the same stuff. So that's really helpful. 
And it's happy though. It's not like forced, you know, like I, you know, what's really weird and this is creepy and I know this is creepy, but I look at Matt, like he's my brother now. And I, I look hear at this Brit, a like lot. she's my sister-in-law. Yeah. I, I hear and this a lot. It helps me, you know? Yeah. That's great like, that you can do that. Yeah, because I don't, because I've moved on to, I would imagine it's much harder for women if they don't, I've also, I have Travis, you know, like you said, and he's such a good person in love and we've both moved on. So that the time and the moving on made it a lot easier. But, but regardless now, though, Gina, if you hadn't moved on, you have, you are still the change maker in all of this. Like you were the one who forced the change. You're the reason why all the chips landed where they did. And so- we love you, Travis, and you're so helpful. But Gina is the change maker. But no, speaking of- You have, you need someone to want that, right? You need someone to be the anchor and the core and be like, you know what? Even though this person is not still angry and resentful and whatever, sometimes you just have to take the hits to in order to get to the next place. You know, like you said, be the bigger person because- Someone's got to do it. And because at the end of the day, if neither of you are doing it, then neither of you are focusing on your kids. Right. And that's not fair. It's just not not fair. And it trickles down. Like, you know, I, in so many situations, I see one person who's totally focused on the kids and the other who's just hell bent on revenge or stuck in their anger and it backfires. And then the kids don't want to be with that person Mm -hmm. eventually. Yeah. So we have a, a, that I don't talk about a lot, but we have the complete opposite on Travis's side. And it's really, it's sad Mm -hmm. and it's difficult and it's really, it's really, and you can see it, the difference in the kids, kids, you know, and how like, it's so unfair because it could all be so nice and comfortable for everybody. And it's just not. And I think that's why it's even more important to me because we see both, we see both scenarios. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's great that you have perspective. Yeah. Um, I have a question, and I know that this is probably the scariest for any woman who's about to start co-parenting. What did you do in your time alone with the kids when you were first going through your separation and time sharing the kids? Well, you know what? I had I was alone a lot with my kids, period, because I like Matt was after we had had issues in our marriage, he took another uh, different position and he was in LA. So he was gone every week and then only Mm -hmm. there on the weekends. And then when I was co-parenting, oh gosh, it's like a long time ago now. You know what? To be completely honest, I was in a horrible state of mind. I was like just treading water, doggy paddling every day. I was not happy. You know, I was probably seriously depressed everything was a disaster. And I I just was, I just got through you the go days. Through the motions. Yeah. You know, you get through the days and I don't know, you know, I wish there was some magic pill for that. I can say, I do wish that I had leaned on my friends more, confided in more people, let in more people because that was also like, I believe like a true misstep of mine. I was a private person and I thought that taking it all on myself meant that I was being strong and I was wrong. Like, and now I'm like, so the opposite. The show was great for me. It was so cathartic. Cause I never, you sit in a chair and they ask you questions. And if you ask me a question, I'll answer, but I'm not, I don't focus on myself generally just like offer up information. Right. You know? Right. Right. 
So that was so healthy for me. So good for me. And so like my advice would be like, stay busy. You're going to be busy anyway. You're with your kids, but I would really lean on friends and not ones that are going to make it work. When you're not with your kids, what did you do in that time? Oh, when I wasn't with, I drank a lot of wine. Right. (laughs) And, you know, I was, uh, it was hard. You know what? It's kind of hard. I would say because most of your friends are married and happy and have their kids. I went through it. I went through it. And I can tell you, like, I took on any unhealthy coping mechanism, like not like heroin, but I was like binge watching shows, not getting out of bed, spending too much money at home goods, eating another kind of frozen yogurt, you know, like anything to keep myself distracted. And now I wrote all about this in my new book because I'm like, we have to like allow for that. We have to allow for the the mega pint of wine and like the doing what you got to do to get through it because it's one of the most unnatural feelings in the world. While all your friends are married and going on date nights and have like multiple kids and are happy. Yeah. Healthy functioning family. Or you think until like then everybody else gets divorced. But in the moment, (laughs) yes, you do think that. But so it was hard. I did actually spend a lot of time, honestly, with Tatiana, my one of my best friends who would pull me out. And I would, it was kind of sad because it's like, I sh- I'm not like a party person, you know? So it was more, I would just be with them, with their family. Then that would like make me sad because I'd be like, why aren't my kids here, you know? But yeah, I did. I t- I'll tell you, I have... Um, this came out of my, you know, my marriage ending was a a love for Halloween, but it was because I was so sad and it was hard for me to get out of bed, but Halloween, me and my kids kind of excited and light up. And so we would go to our thing became go to home goods, TJ Maxx, like all this stuff and buy all the Halloween stuff. And then you could see like those years, those few years that I was like going through this like suffering, you know, more and more Halloween things. And now Halloween, I have like Crouchy the Clown, like like a haunted houses. But, and then like, there was one year then after it, I was like rejecting Halloween. But now I'm like, you know what? That's kind of cool that out of that came something that was like a bonding moment for me and my kids. And now Halloween's like a big deal for us. Um, You create these new traditions and you don't even realize you're doing it. It's so special when you look back on it. Yeah. But like, it's great to acknowledge like what you just said. Like, it's so special to look back on it when you're in it, you never think you're going to get out of it. Right. It's kind of like that first trimester of pregnancy when you're in that cloud and then you get to the second trimester and the cloud lifts and you're like, man, I was really sick, but you can't even really understand that or know that, or, you know, look at that and identify that until you're out of it. And it feels really good to get out of it. You can get out of it and you will get out of it if you want to. I think that's the first thing too. It's like, you have to want it. Um, and then just try your best. It's going to be messy. It's messy, you know, but I would like to help people. I think that there is a huge opportunity for it to be less messy. The more people just start talking about this, the reality is 50% of marriages fail. So it's really a crapshoot. You know, you got a 50-50 shot when you're a kid and you meet someone and you get married, right? And it's like, we shouldn't even be so hard on ourselves at this point that that relationship ended, it's like, okay, let's deal with it and then make it the best it could still be. Right. Absolutely. I think for so many of us, like we, 
I talk about it all the time, how we grow up and we're like, okay, you got to find the husband that's good on paper. Like he's got to have a good job. He went to a good school. He has a nice family. Perfect. That's the one uh, for you. Yeah. And then, and then we wake up one day and we're like, huh? Like this is nothing I needed. And we have to normalize that it's okay to step out of that and make that change, especially yeah. if it's toxic and unhealthy. All right. right. I, why, one... why? Well, maybe you could get to the point where it's before it gets toxic and unhealthy. Right. You recognize that this just you know what? We, we wanted this, we were kids, but this isn't, we're not actually well suited for each other. So before this ship gets like 10 holes in it. I can tell you that I had to have the toxic and unhealthy and go through it in order to be where I am now. A hundred percent. I never would have left, but I think that that's where, if we can talk about this more, maybe there could be a long-term shift in we don't, we aren't women who have to get to toxic and unhealthy before yes. we change our mindset, you know, like yes. before we, like, I would like to see that happen. I would like to see it in education. I don't know I why we're too. not talking about something that half I don't the parents know either. have gone through. Yeah. So there's a lot, it's a big untapped market for opportunity for change in education. And, and it's, it seems like a, pretty simple, at least shift, you know, like little things that we can do to at least just get going to implement it. But it's something that, that half of families in the United States deal with. So. Well, even just seeing it on TV, the way you have been so transparent with it and and watching you blend your family, like it all makes it seem that much more possible and doable and okay if you do it. I think the big message for women is you're probably going to find yourselves in a toxic relationship at some point, but you need to know it's better to leave than stay for the kids. That's, that's a hundred percent. It's better to leave because then you're leaving for the kids. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So we are shifting that narrative here all the time and it's important. So now I just, I want to focus on your, um, I hate to say it, but it's like the buzzword of the week, love bubble. <laughs> oh, my love bubble. bubble. I'm not going to yes. pop your love bubble. Um, ah. How how did you guys meet? Like how, you know, give everybody a little hope. Oh, sure. Okay. So we got set up actually. So Shay is one of the um, women in my life who was doing my hair and makeup on the show a long time ago. And her husband worked for Travis at the time. He had an aerospace parts business company. He was in like private equity for a while. And, um, he worked for his company and Shay was like, you know, my husband knows this guy, Travis, and he's so sweet and nice. And but I could tell Shay was also like scared to set me up because I had just gone through all this horrible stuff with Matt. Right. And she's like, right. oh, I don't know. You know, I don't want to put her. But so she didn't push it, push it. But she showed me his Instagram. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Because I didn't like, <laughs> this is so vain and shallow, but I did not find him very attractive. <laughs> he knows Aww, it from his Instagram. Poor Trav. I know, but now it's funny because now I look back at it and, but there was something about him because all his pictures were with his kids and you could tell like his face just lit up when he was around his kids and like that you couldn't deny. And so he kind of was in the back of my head. And then 
he likes to tell people that I slid into his DMs because then I was in New York with my friend Antonio. And I was like, I don't know. There's like this guy. He's like, you're dating him. And I was like, no, but there's this guy. He's like, well, you can write to him. Just DM him. And I was like, I can't do that. And he just like took my computer. I was like, bing, bing, bing. Yeah, I can. Bing, bing. And sent it. I was Wait, like, is oh this the Antonio? Antonio Pastorino? Yes. I love Antonio. him. Everybody yes. loves Antonio. Yes, so Antonio and I used to be like really, really close. I mean, we still, I love him, adore him. I just, you know, during that time of my life too, like, you know, I would talk to Antonio all the time and I didn't have a Travis and an extra three kids. So I had more time. Right, and he right. was very sweet to me during that whole time. Like he's a good friend. So he was like, yeah, you can. So he wrote this whole thing. So I think it's funny because I was there with him, but the first like back and forth between Travis was really between like Travis and Antonio. And so it was funny, but then we just literally hit it off and I was in New York. He was here. So we talked for a couple of weeks, like nonstop, you know, we're texting and he just had, we were making each other laugh and we understood each other. We had the same foundation. We both came from like these train wreck divorces and had it in our head, like the things that we wanted out of life and was very similar. I swear I fell in love with this man before I met him. And oh, then we that. had a date and I was just like, please be physically attracted to him. <laughs> <laughs> so bad, but it's part of it. And then when he opened the door, I was like, oh my God, he was so tall and so handsome. And I was like, oh, you just can't take a picture. And now I'm like, that's what, a, <laughs> now I love him. Cause that is so trav because like it's just like, he doesn't know. He doesn't care about that stuff. He right. doesn't know how to take a picture. He has no desire to know how to take a picture. He just knows he's happy when he's with his kids and he's going to smile for somebody. And I, I adore that about him. So now like, that's one of my favorite things about him, you know, is that he just doesn't care about any of it. He's just really a normal sweet. guy. Yeah. I, I can totally relate. I fell in love with my now husband before our first date, we were texting, we were talking, I was Googling him. But I remember thinking like, if I'm not attracted to him, I'm an idiot and this is all going to fall apart. And, and, you know, he got out of the Uber and I was like, oh, yes, like, thank yes, you. Thank right. you so Woo! much. Yes. Everything lined up. Well, it's that important. happily, yeah. that happily ever after is beautiful. But before we go, I want, I want you to give a little message to the moms who are not yet at that place where they have their trav and are just trying to like navigate life on their own again. What would you yeah. say to them and the importance of loving themselves before they find a trav? It really is important and you should love yourself. Even if you're just at the point where you had the courage and the strength to leave the toxic relationship, you know what? You're a catch and and, and you are a wonderful parent and a wonderful human for doing that for your children and for yourself and for taking on, you know, it's not the easy way to go and it is painful and it is horrible and messy and complicated, but like, you're a rock star for doing that for yourself and for your kids and life will reward you eventually for doing that for yourself and your children. I fully yeah. believe that. The hardest steps often bring us the biggest rewards. I say that all the time. I love that. Yeah. Gina, you were so amazing and you shared so much and I know everybody will find this so helpful. Thank I hope you. So, really. Bottom we, of my heart, this was so fun. And, and we loved you in this, on this season. Your reunion you. look was by far the best. Oh my God, girl. I was like, I had to wear a bikini up there. I was like, you yeah, but you, but you rocked it and we love your relationship Ew. with Emily. Like there's nothing oh, more fun her. to watch. 
You it's know, so- I will suggest Emily would be a great, Emily has a different, you know, with Shane yeah. and she has such a different dynamic because we talk about this a lot and I can't really relate because um, now she just took on Chanel full time. She never had that. And they, and she didn't have kids when she came into that partnership with Shane. And so we talk about it a lot, but we talk about um, the differences in it and um, how we deal with different things, even though it's the same, there's so many different variations of divorce, co-parenting and moving on. So like Step she is a really great perspective yeah. too. And yeah. it wasn't always easy for her. And even now, you know, she's older, but she's, she's adjusting to a new dynamic in her family life. And so um, that's an interesting share as well. So I'm I sure would you love should, to uh, be connected have to her. her on. I'm sure she would love to. And I would love to come back anytime you need. I, I, I think this is really important. So thank you. I appreciate appreciate yeah. that. Well, we loved you. We hope we see you again on, on those, you know, Me weekly too. shows that we binge so much. Me too. Andy, <laughs> Andy put her on. Everybody Andy. who's here, thank you so much for listening. We hope you found this episode helpful. I have a feeling you really did. And we'll see you next time on Moms Moving On. So you want to be a divorce coach, but the term divorce coach is a broad one because there is just so much you can cover in the world of moving on. Maybe you find yourself gravitating towards clients with high conflict co-parents, or perhaps you have a knack for helping women pull themselves out of bed when they feel overwhelmed with single mom responsibilities. No matter your ideal client, the one thread that will unite them all is that they're moms and moms need a different level of support when it comes to divorce coaching. With my Moving On Method, you'll not only learn how to best support a client through their divorce, you'll also learn how to help support them as they transition into their new role as co-parents and managing a coaching business. I'm Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, Certified Divorce and Co-Parenting Specialist, and I founded the Moving On Method after years of working with clients from all over the world and seeing them all struggle with the same issues. In this training, you'll learn my five principles for helping a client with their moving on process, along with how to make your practice successful. Visit momsmovingon.com today to apply for my program. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.